0: Now then, I'm really excited for today's podcast. Uh, the interview today will give you some fantastic tips on how to run marathons, how to prepare for marathons at kind of the good-for-age standard. So uh, without further ado, my name's Chris Duggie hillam and this is episode two of Everyday Runner. Well, I'd just like to welcome to this podcast, to Everyday Run, I'd like to welcome Paul Ezeltine Paul, how are you?
1: I'm all right. Thanks for, your, thanks for the invite.
0: <laughs> Great stuff, yeah. Now, I've got to say, I've been on the webcams this morning looking at Kitspool, and uh, it's a bit overcast where you are, but the top of the mountains, it looked glorious today.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is, it is being a bit overcast, and but we've got snow on the top of the mountains now. Just a pity that no one's allowed to ski until Christmas Eve.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it'll stop the snowboarders scraping it all off the, the piece that it Exactly, went, won't it? So, so, and to, stop the snow flowers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Great, right, well, do you know what? We'll get talking about your running since that's, that's why, you it? it? Could you just g- quickly give us a bit of a sort of a potted history about how you started running and really how you started running more seriously
1: <laughs> Yeah, well, when you asked me to come on on this uh, auspicious show uh, I, had to, I had to take some time to think where it all came from, really Basically, I think it got to that midlife crisis type of thing, where I was putting on a lot of weight, drinking a lot, enjoying myself, mm. and and um, literally had an uh, epiphany moment. And I think it takes something like that to like have, have a look at yourself in a mirror. And it literally was looking at myself yeah. in a mirror. I, I remember I was in Quicksilver changing rooms, looking at the m- mirror, and then I think <laughs> I must have been over like eighty six kilos. Maybe more, yeah. yeah. So for my, I know like what it, I don't know what that is in stones anymore. I'm, I'm completely on the. Upside. No, no idea. <laughs> yeah, so I was I was really heavy, and I thought I've got to yeah. do something about this now. And uh, I was with my girlfriend, who was a wife at the time, and she said, "Right, let's do something about it." She got me a fitness test. Um, right. Did that, and then started off by doing triathlons because Kitsbill had a triathlon at those times. So I thought, right, yeah. I want to do a try. I want to do something extreme. I've got to do yeah. just the competitive nature in me. I thought I'd do yes. I'd like right. I want to do some competition because otherwise, if I'm just going out for a run, I can't do it. If there's no aim no. for it, like or something at the end of the line to go for. So I did two um two triathlons my Great, biggest nice. problem is in triathlons i think like most people who come to triathlons late is swimming <laughs> yes i can imagine oh, man. <laughs> i just hate swimming i never liked it never liked it at school and i think it's like a, a, a like being away from the seaside the only time i went skiing is like once a week when i went to richard dunn sports center maybe and, yeah. uh, oh, and I used to go to Filey for my holidays. And, and that's all it. Right. And, and when you see these people who can really swim, you'd get the back yeah. of the pack straight away before you even start. So, right. running was always my stronger point. I was always all right at school and I was quite competitive. So, then I moved away from that into uh, wanting to run a marathon, basically. But then I wanted to run a quick marathon. I didn't just
0: right. So there wasn't the kind of the jump where they they. I'm going for a 10k time. I'm going for a half marathon time. It was straight into marathon. It, it straight
1: in, and a lot of it was based around getting healthy and losing weight. I wanted to lose weight, and right. I wanted to get back to I don't know where I was in my twenties. Really, I've had. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I've enjoyed myself. I've had a couple of good decades um, of yeah. late nights and partying, and being a bar owner as well at the time.
0: Yeah, I can imagine it doesn't I help. I needed
1: something really to focus my mind. And, yeah, I entered a uh, marathon, did training, Munich Marathon, but my aim was always to go under three hours,
0: right, right from the right from the right beginning, from the
1: get-go. There was no, there was oh. no like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it, I'm going in. And I knew it would probably take me maybe two or three years. Um, well, but yeah. if I trained properly and I looked after myself – I, I, I thought in my head I could do it so it started off in yeah. 2009 I did a Munich marathon and it, it's it's right. an absolute killer I mean you know anyone anyone yeah. who's done yeah. I think you go in with your a little bit blind to these things um, a lot of, I think you have to on your first one yeah
0: and uh, you wouldn't get you would
1: get to the start yeah, I learn all of you, 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 a lot of learning in these early marathons as well and like your mistakes are going off mm. early and things like that anyway to cut long story short it was I think about th- 3 hours 20 minutes which right. I knew I wasn't going to do 3 hour marathons in those but I was absolutely done I just remember you come into in Munich marathon you've, you finish in the uh, Olympic stadium and All remember, right. you've got to get out the Olympic Stadium, which has about I don't know, three hundred steps to get out. I couldn't get up the steps. <laughs> it took me as long to get out the stadium as it did to run the race, to <laughs> run the whole thing. <laughs> and, and I mean, why was waiting at the time, she's like, "I was that. I went, I'm never ever doing that again." What what a stupid idea that was. Anyway, obviously you do. And um, it took me four years of running Munich Marathon, 2013, when All I right. did two fifty seven yeah right. and in and and in that time and i said uh, i said to tiff my wife I said i'm not going to eat a schnitzel until i go under three hours wow that's a that's a big,
0: I, a big I live decision in so. i live in austria <laughs>
1: yeah. and bearing in mind i was quite a big lad there and i quite like schnitzels and every, every yeah. year that i just miss out and i missed out by five minutes one year like that, it's another year without schnitzel right oh. and i felt that i I didn't really enjoy it, even when I had it, it was just that target getting, yeah. getting that schnitzel. Anyway, so that was it. <laughs> and then the next target well, was uh, to run all the uh, the big marathons, the the big six: right. the New York, Boston, Chicago, London, Tokyo. Have I missed one?
0: Berlin, Berlin. yeah, Berlin, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, which I'm still waiting to do I've still got two to do unfortunately because Covid it's probably put me back yeah. about probably two years entering them because I've got London and Tokyo to do
0: right so well that's it well since you've mentioned Covid how has Covid and uh, the whole lockdown affected your training and where you, where you are and where you want to be and where you're going to I suppose also, yeah I think for,
1: like for a lot of people you, and especially towards the beginning of the year when you you have all your goals set out at the beginning of the year. And I'd, for the first time after, I think it must have been six applications, I got in London Marathon. Yeah. But that was basically because I did a, uh, a national time. So I'm, I'm ready to go for London. And obviously it got postponed to October. So then, in the back of your mind, I thought, yeah, I don't think this is going to happen. But you can't stop training because if you do stop no. training and then it does happen, And it's like, oh, man, what a waste that was then just to get in this race. It's taken me seven years to get into. Um, So I trained, to be honest with you, I don't think I trained great. I didn't train properly. I didn't train with a coach for probably the first time I've done that in a season, uh, which I think makes a huge difference if you want to train properly. Um, So you just literally take the weeks off that turned on to months, and then by obviously summer, it's realising that there's going to be no races. I mean, i got a couple of local ones in towards the end, but it's hard to the type of training that you need to do, I suppose, and we're talking maybe you need to be doing at least 120 kilometres a week, I think. At at least towards the end. And if you've got no real goal at the end of it, it's hard to motivate yourself, I think, to do that. And another thing, like you do, when, like for us, when at that age that we're at now, well, I'm 50 years old now, that life gets in the way, a lot of the things that you need to do. And, and when you've got mm. two kids as well, it's hard to plan. Yes. Planning one of the hardest things, I think, when you need to do these sort yeah. of races. So yeah, that's where we are. Sticking to that, stick that plan. to that yeah. plan. And yeah. where I am at the moment is I'm just uh, ticking along. I'm trying to keep a lot of base level running in. So I'm trying to probably do about 60% of my max of uh, right. And a lot of running that I'll do at the moment is down to heart rate, keeping my heart rate low and just doing a lot of bass stuff, basically.
0: Actually, quite nicely brings me on to sort of something I was really going to talk about, which is your your training mm-hmm. um, for for these these big marathons. I, I don't know if you if you follow Twitter, somebody called Dan Nash who was looking for a, yep. to try to get into the Commonwealth to to two fifteen is a, the Commonwealth uh, uh, target time, and he puts on his training schedule every week, and it's very very specific. It's like uh, I'm going to do seven miles at six thirty four pace, and then I'm going to do the next three miles are going to be at five. Eight or whatever, whatever it is. Do you go with that specific, or do you stick with a? Uh, do you do I have a general? Is yours about effort? So if I'm really going to push it, and then oh, I'm going to how? How do you go about your, your training? Yeah.
1: I've I've just started following Dan Nash. He's really good, and I think like for me as well, like following someone like him is quite a geek, as in like, and I, I yeah. mean that in like a, a compliment. And I, I'm quite geeky when it yeah. comes to that. I did like a degree in sport physiology and things like that, so. I like to know how the body works and things like that. And to answer your question, my training, if it is towards the, especially towards the end of the last three months, is exactly like that. Um, My coach uh, will give me probably a month of uh, programs. Then we'll go down to a weekly program. And if I'm doing a long run, for example, I'll do a three-hour run. I'll do – it'll – Put, for example, the first hour is going to be um, warm-up hour and it's going to be at 4.27. 4.27. But,
0: so that's around about 7.60 7, 7, 7, yeah, is about that.
1: But that will be it for the first hour. Then you're going to do another f- uh, 10Ks at four six four eighteen. for example, right, right to the second. Then you're going to do yeah. the last 5Ks. or 4.05 depending how far I am within the training and then another three 4k's cool down back into 4.50 or something like that but it is that specific that it is it literally is down at the second and I think I prefer things like that because I want to be organized and like it it helps Mm. me do a three-hour run when I know I've got to be bang on those times
0: can you tell because I mean, I'm I can't tell my pace I don't know whether I'm going fast or slow but yeah. can you tell whether you're doing a, a 417 seventeen kilometre yeah. to a, say a 420 twenty kilometre? Yeah. It, it, you yeah, can I mean, wow. if, yeah. if I'm
1: on the flat if I'm on a flat surface and I'm, I know I live in the mountains but I would say 90% of my training is try to keep as flat as possible and I've run in Bradford yeah. for- Around where you run, <laughs> and that it's virtually impossible to run a, a flat course around Bradford. But here, I can run flat yeah. courses because you're on the by the river and the bottom of the valleys. Right. But I can literally tell within three seconds at that sort of pace because I've run it that much. If I'm running too fast or too yeah. slow, within three five wow. seconds, amazing, which transfers man. when you're in a race, when you when you're yeah. racing, you'll know. I'll know exactly what a, a four fifteen feels like, and I'll know what a four ten f- feels like pace. And I can literally it back to back. (laughs) I've done enough of it. So I think it just becomes sort of like a natural thing and you can tell by your breathing and you can tell by the way that 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 feels. And the hardest thing to do, and I think when you're doing this sort of training for this long is it's not to run that fast because it is quick. It's not to run quicker because sometimes you do feel pretty good and you're going along and you're thinking, no, this is great. And I can run faster than a 4.30 per kilometre pace for another hour. But that's not the point of the workout. The point of the workout is just to adjust to different body systems that you need to develop over a period of time. And it's not just over that run, obviously. It's over a year, two years, three. So, yeah. But, yeah, you have to – I am quite specific about that. And I think the further down the line that you get and the quicker that you want to be, I think the more you have to not leave to chance – yeah. and that's why it's so important to get a coach you need someone either who you know who's a coach or so I'm lucky enough to do uh Marcel yeah. Deitcher who's my coach who's um awesome and uh, right. become uh is a friend as well and and you just got to find someone that you can either trust that Because you've got to go, you've got to like the process. A lot of people say that you must love running uh, to do what you do, and what you do (laughs) because it it is quite boring. Marathon training can be boring. It's not like being in the hills and you're doing like the ultra-type thing that that you can do. That you can go out and see stuff. A lot of it is repetitive, but you've got to like the process. I think, and I really like. I get a kick out the process of seeing the benefits and seeing how quick I can go.
0: It must have been quite frustrating for you when you got that uh, the back injury. What was I don't know how long ago was that. Now yeah, was it that about was two, uh, years year and and um, two years
1: ago? Yeah, I blew two discs at the bottom of my back by doing weight training. I was uh, because a lot of it as well. You've got to. You can't just run all the time. You've got to
0: change. It. You've got to strengthen conditioning, to strength don't you? Strength well, condition.
1: It? It's all part of it, and uh, yeah, I remember when I did it. I was I was deadlifting, and. And it, it wasn't even a heavy weight and I lifted it wrong. And I knew at the time I just lifted it wrong and it, it wasn't bad. And I could feel I went, oh, ah, yeah. I lifted that wrong and like, I dropped it. But the unfortunate thing was it was right in the middle of a, a workout loads over a week or two weeks where I was doing heavy mileage. And I didn't right. let myself recover long enough. And at first it manifested in just a, my calf. Was really sore, and I was rolling it and rolling it, and there was nothing. I couldn't see the problem in nothing it until yeah. I was doing. I think it was a thirty-five k long run, and then thirty k's in, my back just went completely, yeah. and that was the end of the season. Like, so, yeah. And it taught me a big lesson on stretching and looking after yourself in recovery. Which the older you get, the more you have to do.
0: It, the longer it takes, the longer it, yeah. it
1: takes, and and. It's hard because when you're used to training and you're used to doing things, it's not doing anything is the killer. And yeah. as my wife will testify, I'm a pain. In that respect.
0: <laughs> yeah. I home when I'm, injured. I'm yeah. just terrible. Absolutely terrible. <laughs> Probably like most people. Did you have to go for special treatment or was it literally just a case of resting? And, yeah, um... I,
1: I, I'm lucky being in the Austrian health system, I suppose, um, because they do really look after you. I got an MRI within two days.
0: So, yeah, well. so I'm straight oh, into it.
1: an MRI. Is it an osteopath or whatever you see, on a neurologist? I got to see yeah. all within the space of a week that just found the root of the problem straight away so I could start to recover straight away, which meant by doing nothing, basically. Um, and hmm. then uh, got physio, and basically the root of it all is is, is stretching and mobility. And, right. and I think that's one of the biggest things now that I, I'd look at and changed within my training over the last three or four years is being more mobile, trying to do things like yoga, stretching. and Really? Yoga? Witchcraft? It, it, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. This is what I couldn't believe at first. I mean, we, we're both brought up on sporting backgrounds, with, which is completely different to this in our youth. Like we were both rugby league yeah. players. and. And yeah. yoga and things like that is just never even enters your <laughs> like stratosphere to do things like this. But the, no. the difference that it makes is it's, it's ridiculous. And even to the extent where you, I can tell on the cadence of my, my running, if, if I'm flexible or flexible in my terms, I only can just touch my toes if I'm really flexible. That's, that's <laughs> how bad I am. Um, <laughs> it just makes you more efficient. And you you, yeah. you use less energy, and you actually you feel better. But the the thing that took me about yoga is just how hard it is flipping out. Yeah, it's mm. it's full on. But yeah, um, yeah, again, it's finding time to do that. And uh, and when I'm saying that stretching, and because it's boring, isn't it? That that's the main biggest problem with mm. I think with people. It's like it's time consuming. It's boring. But I think it's important, even if you do 10, 15 minutes a day, especially when we're getting as yeah. old as we are. And I'm counting you in that bracket as well.
0: You are now, yes, but I don't see it on your strava. Funnily enough, I see lots of people doing the yoga on the strava, but yours don't, they don't come up on you yours. See, I
1: I'll, do, I'll do some yoga moves. <laughs> I won't say I'm doing a yoga class or anything like that. Right. So, but I'll, I'll, I'll do try, I, I roll, I try to roll as much as I can, I roll my back yeah. as much as I can, um, and I'll, I'll try and stretch, especially my hamstrings. And I know, like, um, no. it's usually in runners that hamstrings are, are pretty tight anyway. Um, but I think yeah. it's important just to just to keep on top of it, basically.
0: I remember that your your coach telling you once about having to roll your shins. Now I know how, how bad foam rolls can be, but I'm not touching my shins with well, them. What,
1: do you know when people <laughs> say that you go and you and you go to a, a, a sports physio and, and people say, what happened? Yeah. They're like, yeah, it gives me a sports massage. Well, that must be absolutely brilliant. How do you feel? I went, I've never been as much pain in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I like yeah. five seconds. I'm sweating and the pain yeah. of rolling your, uh, IT band and your shins. Yeah. And it's <sighs> like, it, it's torture. It's absolute yeah. torture. So yeah, it's no fun. Um, but, no. um, it definitely does the job, but it's not, it's definitely not relaxing. But that's all part of it. No, you've got to. It's yeah. it's it's not just the running; it's how we fit everything else in.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's what probably brings me on to the next point of conversation that I want to talk about, and that's how how does you, you talked about Bradford being very uh, sort of hilly and Kitchfield's very flat, but how does how does Kitsbool help or not help with it uh, with with your your uh, your fitness? Now, because there is there's obviously a big. Fitness sort of um, community, but there's also a very big drinking community there as well, uh, as I know through uh, experience.
1: <laughs> well, obviously, I'm part of, part of both. Really, I'm right in the middle. Both, of it. I'm yeah. right in the middle of having a bar within um, the centre of Pittsburgh. It's it's not the easiest profession to have if you want to train, uh, and vice versa. Um, basically, in in the winter season, I could be I could be getting home at like after two o'clock in the morning um, and then it's trying to fit things in in the winter season there's a lot of snow it's difficult to train properly so my training really suffers in winter yeah. it's very seasonal and like I'd love to have a year round where I can li- really concentrate but it has to take a little bit of a back burner for about three months uh, because the yeah. business and the just the nature I mean we could be getting down to minus 20 20-30 degrees sometimes and it's not easy to run in those yeah. conditions Um. And what I'll try to do now is just try to keep it really low level. I'm lucky. And then the flip side, when we come into summer, I can take a lot of time off. We've uh, a running track mm. within Kitspool. I can be literally the only person on that running track. Um, so you've got, I've got a, literally a private running track. You've got the mountains, you've got trails. You've got literally, I, can, I did a run today, for example, and I, and it's, I didn't see anybody. And and that's quite a common occurrence that I can just run and not see anybody and and I can find the routes that are flat. And if you can't, if you can't yeah. run on training, you can't run or train anywhere in the world. I'd say Kitzbos, it no. is like a running paradise in, in summer. You've got the, it goes up to, what, 1,800 metres it can be at the top. So if you wanted to train, well, yeah. a little bit of altitude, not not majorly, but enough that you can feel it. You can feel the difference when yeah. you train up at the top. Um, it's It's brilliant. It's. A, I am completely blessed to be able to train here, and I, I don't know if I could do it if I would. I live back in Bradford, to tell you the truth. I don't know if no. I, those when I, I look at your Strava, for example, and I see your five o'clock starts.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah. Windy, windy, yeah, windy, cold, wet, yeah. miserable. But yeah, well, I you yeah outside, but you're getting outside. Yeah, yeah. We,
1: I am. I am lucky. I am lucky like to have this scenery and these places that I can run to and go to.
0: X, didn't you do the, uh, you did the Kitzbühler Horn run, didn't you? The, the ascent uh, one did year, it. didn't I you? I've done it twice. I don't know why I did it twice, to twice. tell you the truth,
1: because that, that I think I must have been bored second time around. I don't even know. How I, I, I remember setting off. Uh, and this, if people that don't know it, the Kitzbühel uh, race, it goes from, I think, 800 metres to 2,000 metres uh, from the centre of the village to the top of Kitzbühelhorn, it's It's about 2,000 metres. I think it's seven kilometres, maybe, it might be less. But the, the, the rise itself is, is that, it's, a, it's like a one in seven or whatever it is. And it's, it's great. Yeah. Some people like that sort of thing. And I, I remember doing it the second time. And soon as I set off, I thought, what am I doing? What am I doing here? <laughs> and I remember, just do not look up because you're running and it just never, ever ends no. I can't remember what time. It must have been yeah. about an hour or 20 minutes or something like that. And it just keeps getting steeper and steeper and steeper. Yeah. And yeah. I did, yeah I did that that's that's something yeah.
0: I, I do remember being at the top to clap you into a wooden finish wouldn't you yeah. and uh, you didn't look that looked, certainly looked to be the kind of run that you didn't look to oh, be enjoying
1: man, it feels like you'd like you know like when you you have those dreams and you're in quicksand and you can't get away it's like <laughs> yeah. those and, it, and it's like your legs aren't moving and you and I, and I made the mistake of looking up when you get Real, the real steep bits at the end, We're thinking, oh, yeah. no, I'm just not going to make this. And in, in your head, you're just thinking, I don't want to walk. I really don't want to start walking no. because it's only seven kilometers. So and then you just yeah. end up talking to yourself. And then you get some 60-year-old guy who's a mountain goat who just – just <laughs> past you, pick arm, or even all. Yeah, all the, I think the, the one guy, he must have been about, I don't know, must have been knocking on 70. And he looking, and, and, and he just trots past me as if he's just going for a Sunday stroll. It's like, I mean, he's probably been doing it all his life. But yeah, yeah, I was glad that I finished.
0: Yeah, I bet it was. Yeah, think, think, let's take you, which which oh.
1: reminds me, I think half the thing was that because you were out as well, and we were all out the night before, which didn't help.
0: Yeah. Which, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you were you were working, so you weren't really drinking. Uh, yeah. Honest? <laughs> yeah. How much? much. <laughs> no. Yeah. Let's let's take you back then to uh, the end of September 2019 to the the Berlin Marathon. Yeah. Um, talk us through <laughs> why that was significant and what what you were doing.
1: Yeah. So the Berlin Marathon, what well, they all came down to, so, as I said before, I wanted to do the top six. And I, I wanted to do them all under three hours. So, which the, the the autumn ones are a problem. The big problems are the ones in spring when I can't really do the training in the winter. So, yeah. Um. now when you when you do the American ones in Berlin, you can get in for good to age. And my time for my age was quite good. I had uh, an under two... I think, from uh, Yorkshire Marathon. It must have been Yorkshire Marathon. 2.49 I did in Yorkshire Marathon, which gets me into virtually all the races I want for good for age. The ironic thing is it doesn't get me into London because I don't live in the UK. You have to be a British Uh. resident to be good for age, and that's the same for Tokyo. You have to be a Japanese resident to, to get in good for age. The only way then I could get into London Marathon is you do a national standard or you do a charity. Now, I didn't want to go down the charity route. Not that I'm against doing all the charity. It's just that I just wanted to do it, see if I could do it off my own back. And the only way I could get in the national time is under 2.45, which I know Mm -hmm. I've done under 2.50 before, so I know it's doable. It's just at that sort of level, it's it's quick. It is quick. So... I'm in Berlin anyway. I could get in Berlin, and I know uh, Berlin's pancake flat. So that year, right. uh, 2019, last year, was all based around getting under 2.45 for Berlin so it can get me into London. I've done Berlin, I think, now. I think that was my third time doing Berlin. Um, right. It helps that I know the course as well. And, you know, not just the course, the way – the big thing about when you're doing the major marathons is if you don't know – as much as important to knowing the courses, knowing the, the practicalities. So for example, mm. um, h- how to get there, um, what to do when you get there, because it, it's a lot of security now around the starts of these. And these are like 50,000 people. Yeah. For example, New York, uh, do New York. You're, you're getting up at three o'clock in the morning. You've got to get a bus to start an Island. You're going to be there for two and a half hours at least before the start. Um, wow, yeah. um, and you need to know these things, uh, I think else yeah. beforehand that if you've run it before, you know what to expect. If you don't, if you haven't run it before, your, people tell you about these things, but until you've experienced them, I mean, I was lucky yeah. when I did New York one because the weather was okay, but I wouldn't want to be there out stuck on Staten Island. I think it's in some fort where you start, Fort Worth, yeah. and you're there from, I don't know, six o'clock in the morning. Maybe, and, and Crikey, it starts yeah. at nine, just after nine. But you, You've got to go yeah. through all the rigmarole of the, the women starting, uh, all the national anthems, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah. And yeah, so you need to know you need to know the course. So I had the advantage of, I've done Berlin before, so I knew exactly what I had to do when I had to get there. The, yeah. the, the, I think I was in Corral 3, so I wasn't near the front, which was not a great place to be, but I know my splits. I know exactly yeah. every 5K where I need to be. And I need to be about 19 right. minutes per 5K, what I worked out. That, Crikey, that brings yeah. me in That's at fast. 240, 2.42, but it, but it gives right. me a bit of wiggle room towards the end. Now, I know you've got to do even splits, and I know the best way to run a marathon is even splits, but it's, right. I just didn't want to leave anything there. Like, if I'd done an even split, that brings me in 2.45 and just in case anything goes wrong at the end. I'd, yeah, I'd do it, yeah. and to tell you the truth, I was I was running uh, pretty good. Um, it all starts yeah. off, all your adrenaline's going, and uh, the first five k is always a mess in these marathons because there's that many people starting. You've just yeah. got to get your own space, and I don't think it really pans out until about ten kilometers. But then I've got everything done. I've got it in my head exactly every five k split. I know exactly what time I need to be. I've memorized right. it uh literally down to the second um Correct, yeah. so i know not exactly where i've got to be and
0: that's it do you do you cater for that first five then so you know you said yeah. down to the second but if it's yeah if you know that it's going to be a, a mess and it's everybody's going to be around do you know yeah, I, how we can I, adjust I, to that or? i sort of like I'm, I'm not too i'm quite
1: hard on myself in like in in getting splits because I think when going back to when I'm training, like doing these, these runs where my coach has got me down to a second, you should be in this, this second, yeah. you should be in that. I think that gives you a bit of discipline and like, right, I need to be at this time, but I'm not too head up about myself. If I, if I miss that five, first 5k, a good thing is right. it might, it slows me down a little bit. So you, because the adrenaline's going, you've been waiting for two hours, so you're ready to go, yeah. which is not not such a good thing, particularly. So it does help slow you down until it starts thinning. Right? Um, yeah, yeah. Until yeah, until till it gets to about ten k's, and then then you get into your routine, and then and right. then you're off, and then it's literally, I have everything planned out where should be at half marathon, where should be at 10, 15K, 20Ks, when I'm taking my gels. For me, what I do is I'll have a plan for my gels. I'll do uh, every 10Ks, and then I'll take another one at 35Ks. Now, if I take one earlier or not, or a bit later than not, but it just helps me focus my mind that I know that I'm running towards a point where I'm going to have a gel at 10Ks. And it, it usually, for me, works out okay doing that. Um, yeah. and that is by experience basically. And if you want to be taking fuel and I think in marathons and things like that, I think it helps that you have it, a lot of it's trial and error to tell you the truth. A lot, you'll read a lot of things, what people tell you to do and what you should do and what you shouldn't do, but, and what you should take. Mm. I just find that certain gels, um, I can, works for me and some gels I just cannot and never, I learned by, I think I did Boston marathon and I think it was, uh, I can't remember what is it, goo the the gels called goo and I, yeah and I'd never had them before and I took one on the course and it's so thick that I was just nearly sick on the spot because I'd never had it so yeah. yeah you you just need to work and a lot of that's through your training as well taking gels that use the gels that you use in your training that you use in your run yeah. and so right. yeah I have that planned down, and then it gets to about halfway and I know I'm still, I'm on track here because I think I've looked at my splits and I'm I'm at 121 for half marathon, 121 away, which is quick. And I know, and I'm thinking yeah. ah, I'm a bit quick, but um, I'm still feeling all right. And all the time that I'm doing these things, I'm reassessing myself for sort of like, I, I talk to myself constantly. I don't know. Do you talk to yourself when you're running? Or is it uh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, you've yeah. got to make sure there's nobody around with you. Which...
1: <laughs> yeah. But I'm I'm constantly and I think, for people doing that, it's a good checkpoint to have. Is there for marathon? So I think to myself, right? How are we feeling? Can you do this again? And the answer is, yeah. I feel all right. Um, are you thirsty? Are you Are you getting enough nutrients in? Is your kit all right? Do you feel all right? Are you with a good group of people? So I'll go through all that mental check, self, and then I'm usually found a good group of people by that stage that helps you get in into a rhythm. Right. And 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 speaking in groups of group to people, uh, one of my best tips and advice to people who do this at a level is if you can follow anybody and, and is I'd, I'd always follow, I try and follow a girl, especially at pace because girls at that pace, particularly know what they're doing. They're usually with um, a pacer or someone that was pacing them and they're not far off national or level or semi pro level. And, if you get with someone like that, or you can get in a group that's got somebody like that in it, you know that they're not going to yeah. surge, they're not going to slow down. They know they know what they're doing. They have a nice they have a right. nice cadence. They, they it's just it's just a comfortable thing to follow because you can f- go with a group of lads. And that, one thing that off puts me is someone that's breathing really heavy next to me, right in me. <laughs> I just I do it right. because i train by myself all the time i don't train with people so anyone that's just like grunting i can't get away from you so yeah. yeah so get with get with someone that's that that you're with a group and don't front the group get yeah. to the back of the group just, like get as much shielding as you can and so yeah, yeah that That'll take me That'll take me to about 30 Ks and then I know, then we're in. Then we're in the, yeah. the land of uh, pain and I know it's going
0: to be pain. And it happened, didn't it, in Berlin? I remember I was dot watching at the time and uh, you're, <laughs> you're 25 mile. You've been doing about 6.13s and, well, uh, this is in miles, yeah. so obviously, I don't, in kilometres and there, uh, and he got to about the 25 mile and suddenly there was half a minute. Down on where you was from the mile before yeah. that, yeah. And and I, and I tell you, Duke, and I know this this part, and,
1: and it's and I know it's called like the, the wall, and, and it's always about 30, 32 k's, and like one of the like the mantras of like when you're doing marathons, I, I'd like I'd, I completely believe in as well. And you split it up, it's always split it up into five k's. Never never look beyond your five k's that you're going to do. So I'll know that first split, ah. and when I've done it. I've looked at my watch, then I'll move on. I'll forget about that split, but then it's all about the next split. If you're lucky enough to have family on the track as well, like I'll more often than not, I've got to my wife. She'll, she'll be there. I'll know exactly where she is on that course. So I'll, I'll in my head, I'll just yeah. run to her, but you have to have certain targets. Now I know when that I'd split a, in the hole in the marathon, it's 10, 10, 10, that if you go mm. the first 10 mile, you're in with your head. Now, not going out too fast, just be sensible with it because you, you can go out too fast. And if you have, that could just, your race yeah. has gone straight away. Then the next 10 miles run with your training. So you should be fit enough to do this. And then the last 10 kilometers is you run with your heart. So that is when it's, it's just all about literally guts. It, yeah, keeping
0: yeah going, just yeah. keeping
1: going. And, and it's keeping going at that pace because you know you haven't got much much to go and i, and in, I could feel it I go at 32 kilometers to tell you the truth i knew my one of my first telltale yeah. signs is I get, I get a twitch in my calf and it's like an electric pulse that goes straight through my calf and it's thinking oh, uh, ah yeah. here we go and then my other one is my hip flexor is my weakest point of all and all the times i've always had troubles in marathons has been hip flexor it starts going and right. so i get sure. And you start seeing people drift away from you. And in your head, you're thinking, oh, here we go. And then I'm and then I'm proper talking to myself. Five right, thirty-five right, yeah. 35Ks. And I think when you come round onto the last bit, you come round Potsdamer Platz in Berlin, and you turn around and the crowds are big there. And you're coming straight yeah. down to 40Ks uh, and it's just taking forever. And I know... I'm seeing people drop out in front of me and walking at the side. And, and these you, these, these are top runners. These aren't just people that are just in in carrying the fridge. Or these are like yeah. top <laughs> top people. And it's like and all you want to do is just drop out. And I've just I'm just literally burying myself. Hanging. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm literally going by every kilometer now. I know exactly where I should be. And I knew when I hit forty Ks I've uh, at the 40k mark i'm right on the brink of not doing this and if i don't do it it's only going to be about a matter of seconds and it was just it's fear and i've done marathons yeah. before and I don't, I don't know what it like what it is but it's just a huge fear comes over me i've done all this work <laughs> i've done all this sacrifice I've, to just be at this point where i could just miss it by seconds yeah. and and every, i think i just I don't, all i want to do is stop and i can feel myself getting slower and slower and and yeah anyway so get yeah. there and by the the last kilometer i'm just just staring at the finish just wanting to come under under the the finish at, at Berlin. And luckily enough, I just got through on 244.25. Boom.
0: That's, that's amazing. Yeah. 244.25. So, 30, what, 35 seconds? 35 and- seconds. And I was just scared.
1: And yeah, yeah. and. Again, it took me just as long to get my medal because my leg had completely seized up by that point. I couldn't move, I couldn't get my I couldn't get any of my kit back on afterwards. I was just <laughs> lay on the floor. Next to an American guy who he couldn't yeah. get his trousers on. And I, <laughs> and, I, and I said to him, I said, like if it didn't look so bad we could put each of the trousers on, he went, Yeah, it's probably not really bad that in his American careful, yeah, we'll just look yeah. over it for a bit. But yeah, so that gets me into the marathon. Great. So then the target for next year is I'm going to try if everything be all right to get under 240.
0: Oh, yeah, Which, that's a, I mean that's a big one. That's sort of like 346 average is that yeah. isn't it? For kilometres six or four for miles. That's uh, I mean, that's good. I mean, it, it'll be in your head to be able to do it. I'm sure it, you'll it, you'll give it, it a good. I need track. to
1: be lucky. I need the training needs to be right. You need to get your nutrition right. You need to get a rest. Everything's got to go right, but. I might only be in London once, so I thought, right. And especially with it being in October, it probably won't be in October again. So it's as quick as I'll yeah. ever be able to run London. So if I'm in good shape enough to do it, I'll uh, I'll do that.
0: Yeah, of course. Excellent. Good luck with that then, I hope. Let's say, I'm going to go back to that what you said at the end about you sort of your legs all seizing up. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, uh, you're not a stranger to hospital tents, are you? <laughs> no.
1: Yeah, that's – I've been in <laughs> – I've been – yeah. The thing is, when I'm, when I'm going to do these marathons and I look at myself beforehand and I thought, I know I'm going to absolutely bury myself, and I know it. Yeah. And, and I think if you want to try and do a PB at things like this, you know it's going, to, it's going to hurt, and you're going to be redlining it a lot of the time to do this. And to me, I'm either going to get a, a PB if I'm set up to do a PB, or I'm yeah. – I'm going to blow out, and I'll do three and a half hours. For example, I'll completely blow out what happened in Chicago. I just completely blow out a half marathon. But I think that's a lot to do with an injury as well. So yeah. yeah. So I mean, I wasn't going for uh, best times in there, but uh, I ended up in the medical tent in in Boston and uh, New York. Which yeah, two opposite sides. I'd like to blame the weather though to tell you the truth for that. So Boston, I'll tell right. you what happened in Boston. Boston's one of my favourite stories. When you start off in Boston, it's it's a point to point. It's Boston, so right. which means you go from one point to a, to another. It, just, it doesn't go around in a circle. Yeah, it can't no. be ratified as a world record because of that reason. You're going from one point to the right. other because if you've got prevailing wind behind you, then it's going to be a big advantage, which we did in that day. To be fair, and it's a it's a downward yeah. course. So um, oh, it right. takes you out, you were in uh, at Boston, and uh, they call you out by Corral. And now this one, I'm in Corral 1, which is right at the, f- right at the front. So they call yes. you out, and you've got to run a, a, maybe about half a kilometre through Hopkinton, I think it is. And this place is like something out of Salem's Lot. It's like in the 17th <laughs> century, these, these wooden buildings, this village, and you think, wow, this is the start. This is history. This is Boston Marathon. Yeah. So you're starting at the beginning. And uh, one of the things is that you always hear that's like, right, you've got to warm up properly and you do this. So I get to there, I start at the beginning, and I'm, I, I get in the corral and he say, right, okay, you're in this corral. It can warm up. So we've got about, I don't know, 40 minutes to the race. And I'm literally at the tape at the beginning. And I look around and thought, man, I'm right at the beginning of the Boston Marathon here. I'm starting at the front. I ain't going to move. I'm going to stay here. Now, no, I should be warming up and doing stuff and stretching, but I might never, I'll never probably do Boston Marathon again. So I'm yeah. going to stand on the front line of this. And I've got to picture myself actually <laughs> at the start line on the front of it. So yeah. all the professional runners are in front, they start about 10, 15 meters in front of you. And uh, Galen Rump, who was the American champion, I think he silver medal. He was a uh, silver medal in the 10,000 meters, I think, in London. He's, he's, he was Mo Farah's training partner. He's talking to his friend Sorry. next next to me, and I'm just looking, thinking that's Galen Rump, like, he's the American, <laughs> he's the, like, he's the American yeah. champion, and what have you. It's like, I mean, and uh, we're doing all this thing, and these people are warming up in front of me, and people are all talking about the times, and like, the, and I'm, I, I shouldn't belong there. I know, I know, I'm out of my death, but I'm I'm not moving here. I'm, I'm not I'm, moving. I'm staying put. <laughs> I've got, I think at the time, it was the Chinese national champion next to me. And uh, so he's next Uh, to me. So they do all the the flyover. It's uh, all hail the flag. And it's just the atmosphere is absolute nuts. And it's a big downhill uh, at the beginning. It's crazy. And I'm thinking, oh, just hold your horses here for the start because it's going to be quick. And it was. It's it's just a uh, crazy quick time. And it's literally uh, like, the, the way I can describe Boston Marathon start is like being on a roller coaster. When you get to the top of the hill... And and you start going down, the gun goes, and everyone is hooping and hollering. It's in America, so everyone's just yeah. cheering. Enough yeah. for the first kilometer, just with the hands in the air, and it's like, oh, this is quick. You've got to pull yourself in here. So I did. I did yeah. manage to pull myself in a little bit, but then towards the end, it's Heartbreak Hill, which all the hills towards the end, and I wanted to get under three hours. Yeah. I think it was touching on eighty degrees, and Gosh, uh, I think I've got. I've just managed to get under three hours for that for that race and mm. I was so ill afterwards I think I got to a Gatorade bin and I couldn't stop being sick but there was nothing to be sick there and there's all people at the finish and like, and there's just me being sick in a Gatorade <laughs> 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 I'll tell you the truth so I think I didn't look too good for the cameras so I think just should uh-huh. me off in a wheelchair say so, right get yes. some. some <laughs> abc like director so get that guy out of the way of just ruin the athletics of this finish line <laughs> so then, and, then not. and then the other t- then the other time it was new york when you when you finish new york you it what nobody tells you is to get your bag at the finish you must have to walk maybe over a mile to get your bag in central in, in central park and it was that's the other flip side. It was freezing. It was really cold at the end and I couldn't stop shivering. And like, I was walking past a medical tent and this this guy just said to me, are you all right? And my leg had seized up and I was just really, he said, look, listen, mate, you get in the, get in the tent. He said, there's no one here because I'd finished quite high up on New York. That's probably to date my best race that I've done. I think I finished no. on then, I think I was 390th in New York. So, like it, yeah. so when I finished that, they just said, listen, just come in the tent for five minutes. So I thought, right, we've got some nice, uh, got a cup of tea for you, and like that went. I thought, right, I'm having this. I'm getting my money's worth out of this. Grace is doing. So I was in there, yeah. I was in there for a bit. Um, yeah. So those are my two two medical stories from.
0: What best? What a better place to do it.
1: I mean, anyone who gets a chance to do, it, if I had to recommend, obviously I'm not done London yet, and, and obviously that's one of the big. But New York marathon is yeah. absolutely it's just amazing going through from when you yeah. start to the Verasano's narrow bridge, which is a mile up and a mile down. And it's the bridges that kill you <sighs> in New York. It's like a cross country course. Yeah. And then when you go through, brooklyn it i've never seen as many people on a race course in my life it's it's just deep everywhere and and the yeah. only place where it, there's nobody on is when you go to the queensborough bridge which i don't know if you can if you've watched the new york marathon it's, it's the bridge is where where the cameras always fail because the, no one's allowed on the course you go under a rail track and you just literally by yourself you can't hear anything and it's just yeah. it's just completely silent. And when you're used to people screaming, you, you cross that and yeah. then you're crossing into Manhattan. And then in the distance, you could, I could hear it coming across and you can't realise how, how big that bridge is as well and how much it takes out of your legs. And then I get to the top of the bridge and you can hear this sort of like din in the, in the distance. And you think, I don't know what that is anyway. And you get closer and closer and this din just gets louder and it brings, in, it brings you into Manhattan on what they call Thunder Alley. And it's literally ridiculous. It's like 10 deep. uh, And you go down New York and Manhattan on First Avenue, and it is the amazing (coughs) stretch of race that I've ever done in my life. It literally is the hairs on the back of your head stand up, and you're like, oh, my word. And you have to try and rein yourself in then at that point. Luckily, and I thought at that point then, I'm I'm supposed to be meeting Tiff. She's got my drinks bottles because – she thought, I've got absolutely no chance of finding her within all this. And then, in the middle yeah. of it all, then I just heard this Aussie girl screaming, <laughs> 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 like whenever, You know, one of those penguins that you see when they go away for months end and end they come back. Yeah. <laughs> like someone's call. I've got really yeah. a call in the middle of our, everyone. So, yeah, I've got, I got, I got the bottle. But, yeah, New York is the best. Best one
0: I've done. So. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Great stuff. So it's, it's good luck with it with the, the the London then, and hopefully, we will see you in Tokyo as well, then, yeah. won't we? Okay. I mean, I see you've 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 got a bit of a sponsorship deal going on as well, haven't you? Yeah,
1: I'm lucky enough that I'm sponsored by on on running. So, All right.
0: how did that come about? Yeah,
1: I've I've got uh, friends who had a uh, sports shop, sports sets in in Kitspool, and uh, they were looking for what they call them. Um, uh, they called ambassadors. Uh, on ambassadors in certain regions, right. uh, and On's a Swiss brand, so they've they're quite big here right. in Austria as well. And I think they're getting into the UK and, and uh, into a, yeah. a lot of yeah. main, mainstream. Um, and uh, yeah, I was lucky enough uh, to ask if if I'd be if I'd run. To tell you the truth, I, I was running in On trainers before that I became one of their ambassadors. So to me, it's a no brain. I mean, who doesn't want free stuff? Mm yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> you all know how expensive trainers are and things like that and if you're doing like 120 kilometers a week and things like that at least 120 towards the end you go through yeah. a lot of trainers so yeah i'm lucky enough that i get sponsored by them and um yeah it's quite funny how to sign a contract i'm like that huh like uh yeah anything <laughs> that I put on the other social media things so if i do any social media which i'm not i'm not I'm not great on social media, to tell you the truth. I like Strava right. because I like that running community thing, but I like Facebook and uh,
0: Twitter and things like that. Twitter and Instagram. So, yeah, and I'll,
1: I'll always give them a plug because, and to tell you the truth, they are the trainers that I tend to run in anyway.
0: Well, to, so that's your contractual obli- obligations then covered yeah, for this they show. Really are. <laughs> the new on team
1: trainer. It
0: really is. Yeah.
1: A, it's a marvellous piece of kit, which is yeah, is. which is the best Trainer, I've ever run with, but technology is coming on so far now in trainers. So,
0: yeah, what, what do you feel about the technology? I mean, there's there is, like the vapor flies that, that kind of twang yeah. you forward. So, you, you up for that. Yeah. I don't know. Obviously, you can't yeah. run with them because you know <laughs> on, on all the good trainers, <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm, yeah. I'm not that badly against them to tell you the truth. I mean, I think what people don't understand is that they'll say they can add 3% to your, to your running. Like, but what these trainers are as well, a lot of these top end, these ones like v- 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 Fly, for example, are designed for top, top runners. These are designed yeah. for people who are running 210, 215 marathons and things like that. Yeah. You, need the, you need the mechanics in your running to get the best out of these trainers. They're designed for athletes,
0: for athletes yeah. that are
1: probably four-foot landing runners the, so if're if uh. you 're you're a heel striker or you 're a completely different type of runner to the, the, these might not suit you, so people just presume, for mm. example, yeah, these are the best trainers for me, then they probably won't be and if you 're doing i don 't know four or five hour marathons times, vapor flies probably won't help you whatsoever because you won't have the stability in um, right. so it 's horses for courses, and I think you need to find a range no. of uh, footwear that really suits you, but it is massively important. Um, but just because elite runners run in these top, these these top training, they, they've got literally nothing about them. So if you're not used to running and running quite hard no. on hard surfaces as well, it's just going to crush your quads and your calves a yeah. bit. So yeah, you need to find a trainer that uh, really suits your style of running, and the best thing to do that is yeah. probably go to a good running shop and go on a treadmill and get tested by someone who knows what they're talking about when it comes to training. So whatever your foot strike is.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. They'll know especially, yeah. for oh, I suppose that that's, there's the big advertising campaigns that try to sell the um, everyday runners yeah. try to sell them. The, these really good trainers that like you said, are not going to make any difference whatsoever. Make any
1: difference to it. And it could really do you some damage.
0: Absolutely. Damage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a lot of damage.
1: Than... Um, so Yeah. That's great, but you would recommend on trainers though, would you? I totally, and, and, and I'm not saying that because, yeah, they, they I was running in on trainers for two or three years before they even sponsored me. So And they, they're yeah. just, for me, they're, they're brilliant. And yeah, they just help my running. And they just, I'm quite fussy when it comes to trainers and I can't run in certain brands. won't mention them, but certain mm. brands I cannot run in because I'm flat-footed. And, and right. I get cramping in the bottom of my feet. So, but these ones yeah. me really down to the ground and they're super quick and you've got a, a lot of choice. So it's not just, like for example, um, it, it, there's there's racing. A lot of the, the top runners will run racing flats. Racing flats, yeah. normal people are just, it's, you just don't go there. You'll just never run in them them ever. You need to find something like a mid-range trainer that you're comfortable with because comfort is going to get you over the line quicker than pain. On a marathon, so yeah, that's my advice on footwear.
0: How how long do you feel you're going to be sort of aiming for these fast? Marathon PBs. I don't mean like, because like you said, you are 50, and this you get, you're going to get to a point in your life when PBs are just not going to come anymore. Yeah. So, what have you got anything? I, I know it's probably too early to say now, obviously, but have you got anything in the back of your mind about what you're going to do when you get to that point?
1: Yeah. I think, while well, I still think I can run, I've still not run the perfect race. And I still think if I get everything together, I can run quicker until that point. I don't think I can run much quicker than under 240. It's just a shame I didn't come to it earlier, really, because I think I could have been yeah. quite quite quick if I'd have run in my 20s and teens, but student life yeah. and things like that and holiday record yeah. got in the way of that. And, um, <laughs> but while I've still got it a little bit, I still think I can run quicker. And I'm still, while I've got that in my head, I I think I can still go. Plus, the other thing as well, you know, when people used to, they dread, and this is a complete runner's perspective on life. People dread getting to certain ages, don't they? Like a 40. You don't want to be 40. You don't want to be 40. You don't want to be 50. I was 50 this year, and every runner will know this. I'm like that. Great. Now I'm in the 50 category. I'm going to kick out (laughs) the 50 category now. So, and that's how I'd look at it. Now I'm in a good category for me. I've done three races so far in the 50 categories and like for my age, I'm like, I'm, I'm the first one. So, because that should be now because in that age group, I'm, I'm prime. So this little stuff like that. And I think afterwards when I've done this running, I'm going to, I want to do trail running. I want to try it, but I just, uh, do you know like Like you probably look at me and think, I don't know how you can run like at those speeds and like you can, like and run, do that sort of training, which is quite monotonous. And I suppose it is monotonous when there's a lot of yeah. uh, clock watching. But I'm a bit of a anyway, yeah. so that that suits me. Having that, what I can't get my head around is people that can run over ten hours in a day. That just I just don't I don't I don't get it. I really don't I for a yeah. twenty-four hour race. But I know there's a round here that is the the big running community. I'm I'm literally by myself here because in terms of
0: because you run on the flat, flat, aren't flat. you? I I is, the
1: they're all they're all hill runners. Everyone's in the hills, and yeah. then everyone wants to do the long one. And there's a lot of races that I can do here, so I think I will do. But in my usual thing, I'd probably want to go straight into a hundred miler. Because if I'm going to do, I to do <laughs> yeah. one.
0: Yeah, and I'll I'll go for that. But yeah,
1: we'll see. Oh well,
0: yeah, absolutely. And you've got you've got enough terrain there to to play with to to practice that for when you when you're ready to come off the road and yeah. join the rest of us plodders on the dirt. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm all in
1: <laughs> for that. I'm all in for that. Um, but I just the thought <laughs> I, I was just thinking the thought of going for like 24 hours, 24. It just it just the longest I've ever run. Yeah. I think it's four and a half hours, and it just the the thought of doing that is just that's what amazes me. Like this run there. Yeah. Like, but I, like I've done when you see when you you look at. Uh, when you're tracking people like that and I've tracked people at six o'clock like your brother for example and you chat yeah. you and I'm like way, yeah. I go to bed and I wake up in the morning and he's still he's still,
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still going and
1: I've, right. and I've had my dinner I'll come back along yeah. hey you still go, oh, what? How do you do that? <laughs> so, yeah, that's something that I will do down the line when I think that I just can't go any quicker, but I just love running quick. I just love that thing where I'm just literally in an ability that I can properly run at that speed. And I'm also, yeah. while I've got this sort of training in me now, I like to give this up now and just stop, it's like, uh, oh, it's yeah. hard to get to this sort of pace where I can run comfortably. <laughs> For four-minute cares, quite comfortably yeah uh, wow that's fast
0: yeah great well we're getting, to, uh, getting quite near the end now of, uh, of this podcast so I did ask you to prepare a couple of uh, routes for people if they ever come to Kitspool and, uh, and want to um, see or wherever you've chosen your routes but really two routes it's one sort of your, your, your quite a short route one that's accessible for, for anybody that, that might find enjoyable and then maybe your favourite challenging route that isn't uh, a marathon course <laughs> well yeah well that's
1: I mean, yeah, there's so many around there there for the short ones. I mean it is literally yeah. I mean, I keep asking you to bring your trainers out, but you're dead and day. Like,
0: I brought them out a yeah. new year, but uh, it was I was out running before you'd, uh, before you got yeah. Yeah. up, so
1: summer <laughs> it, it, it literally is amazing, but, but I probably look towards uh, Ram Schwarzse, which is a local lake around there, and right. they already have trails marked out for you. So you can choose whatever trails you want. There's a trail map and uh, all the trails are are marked and rooted. I think the longest one is 12 kilometers going down to five kilometers. And round the back of Schwartz, it's it's quite hilly, but it's not mountainous. It's just hills. Um, There's some absolutely brilliant runs where you complete isolation. It's amazing scenery and little lakes that you pass. Um, Yeah, it's the quintessential alpine views that you'll get on there. Yeah. And yeah, that'd be my run. And literally that'd be for anyone. You can I think it's two and a half Ks, you can run up to twelve, fifteen, up to as much as you want. You can keep going around in different little routes and zones around that area. So you don't have to go too far. So that that be my yeah. one my one that I had I thought about this. My one that I'd it's probably probably not for everyone and probably is is my tester run. That to know what sort of shape I'm in, but it's a 30, I think it's a 34k run, and it's I, I always do it if in my marathon, if to see where I am, like my last big one, and that's from Kittsbull to Lofer. which is, right. is if you're going towards Salzburg again, it's you're going through lots of different villages, um, and it's brilliant scenery. Um, it's not easy though. Um, and you have to have somebody waiting for you at the other end, which normally I do, which I'm quite lucky at. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you've got runs like that, that it's your testing one. Um, but then, yeah, I'd always go around the lake if you want an enjoyable alpine experience, Is the lake.
0: Great. Nice one. Oh, that's that's fantastic, that. Well, um, before we go, uh, is there anything you'd like to say? Have you got any, uh, do you want to give out your, your Strava handle or do you want to advertise your bar or anything else? <laughs>
1: uh,
0: um, just gossip a bit about, I know you know, about people, about people that listen. I want people
1: yeah, that go just to Kissville. I, I, I try to put some photographs mm. up, not as many as you. I don't know how you'd find time to stick as many photographs up.
0: Like, it means run after yeah. runners faster and I can stop.
1: No, i stick some photographs <laughs> up depending on the time of year and things like that. So um, yeah, it's just under. If, I, you, yeah. if you if you check that out, and the bars are Flanagan's Flanagan Sports Bar in in uh, Middle Kitsville, which would do to open. I think maybe. Hopefully, the first week in January, after all this has settled down a little bit. And, Great. Uh, Good
0: luck with that. I hope it. I hope it does. And, and can I say, I'll back you up there and say that it's definitely a bar worth going <laughs> I'm, to. Is slides. Probably all of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> are you surprised I remember about. So you're telling me stories that I'm going. I think I might have heard this story before, but I'm not really sure if I have or not. Yeah,
1: those <laughs> are the ones, always the best ones. I mean, I mean, I yeah. think I probably could have done two forty, but every time you come out and visit, you take about five minutes off my time every year.
0: <laughs> 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 oh fantastic no, no but I've got to say it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you Paul it's uh, it's good to it's good to hear you That's and true. sort of alluding right. what we just said then it's good to be able to hear you when I, when I can actually hear you and when I can remember it and, oh, yeah and well, then, hopefully, so.
1: hopefully there's been something that people might get out of that and like of your thousands of listeners things like that
0: well, I've I've got a whole 33, and I've had I've had literally some messages telling me to do another one. So, awesome. um, well,
1: hopefully, then I'll yeah. try and get back in. What is it, October after London Marathon, and let's talk about it. Where it all went right, or yeah. where it all went badly wrong.
0: Absolutely, yeah, we'll put it on again. And uh, and other than that, I'll, I'm still got my fingers crossed that we might, as a family, see you uh, in February. Awesome. Uh, we, we booked in there, so I, I hope we do. But it's great to talk yeah. to you, and uh, uh, thanks very much for for coming on the show. Really, thank you for having me. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, Paul. Bye. See you later. Well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I uh, enjoyed doing it. So, some fascinating insights there into into how Paul prepares for the marathons. Now he gets his how he has to get his nutrition right and uh, on the day and, and sort of race day procedures. So it was it was good to hear that. I think uh, in other news this week, the biggest is probably the Kevin Sinfield uh, seven marathons in seven days. I mean, a fantastic, fantastic effort there for Motor Neuron Disease charity there but i mean each marathon was under four hours and what three thirty-five, i think was his fastest on day three which is just immense so uh well done kevin sinfield for that uh, but this is the end of the podcast uh, it's another one over and done with that's a whole two done now um really enjoyed it and uh hopefully there's going to be another one upcoming soon Obviously, if you've enjoyed listening, just tell your mates and uh, and get them to listen as well. The more, the merrier. But for another time, uh, this has been Everyday Runner. Catch you later.